Welcome to episode 179 of the Grip Strip Podcast, the repeat edition of the Grip Strip Podcast. My name is Philip Matthew. I'm your host, and I'm with my co-host, uh, iRacing Indy 500 champion, computer genius, a gentleman, a scholar, and a angry Jacksonville Jaguars fan. His name is Josh Fine. What's going on, brother? I am doing great, and of course, um, we'll get into it later, but they've already released the top 100 rankings and they put trevor lawrence uh egregiously low we'll talk about it later but yeah i'm a little bit disappointed in that but uh we'll get into that later but um yeah also went go-karting this past weekend again of course uh sent some pictures to you and um shared it on my social media of course uh pictures of uh my go-karting exploits this past weekend and uh professional go-karts really 15 25 horsepower uh, so quite a beast uh, there and wore the full driver's suit and everything. So never done that before. So that was a pretty nice feeling as well. So uh, probably get into that later. But yeah, it was a great time and everything. But of course, lots of racing happened this weekend, of course, and uh, a lot of controversy at Pocono, some stuff happening in Iowa. And of course, uh, Formula One, uh, well, a hunting badger was back. So, you know, we were definitely licking a stamp and sending it, at least for me and maybe Dan Ricardo. So yeah, ready to get into it. You getting the getting the Martin Brundle reference in there to quote credit on that. Uh, yeah, we I was at Pocono this past weekend, first time in four years getting to a race. Went with uh, one of my good friends and uh, my cousin and her boyfriend. So that's like uh, three people that really have never went essentially. So that was cool. Uh, did a lot of walking. Got very tired at the end <laughs> after a long day. Plenty of racing, uh, got out of there just in time to not get uh, crushed in terms of one finish. We'll uh, talk about the trucks and Xfinity. We'll also talk about Dennis Hamlin uh, winning his 50th career Cup Series race, his sixth official Pocono victory, seventh unofficial because he was they um, encumbered his victory last year or whatever the hell. Um in Indy cars, Joseph Newgarden proves once again why he's one of the greatest short oval drivers in the history of the IndyCar series, and he's won every oval so far in 2023, um, tying and in the process has tied Rick Mears, who if there's somebody you associate with Penske Racing other than Mark Donahue, it's Rick Mears, and now Joseph Newgarden, who is going to be associated with Penske Racing uh, for many years to come, uh, goes and gets his 29th 28th and 29th career victories in IndyCar. Uh, other, the Penske team was dominant there. We'll get into that. Uh, same old, same old in Formula 1. Even though Lewis Hamilton qualified on pole by three thousandths of a second, uh, his start was definitely laissez-faire. Allowed both McLarens and Fish Lips to go by, and uh, that was basically it there. But we'll get into that. Busy... Uh, GSP roundup. Uh, we'll get into the NFL training camp because fantasy is starting to be talked about. NFL Top 100. The first 20 have been released as of uh, Tuesday, the 25th. We'll give you a Belgian Grand Prix uh, preview and picks before they go on their summer break. Uh, Cup and Trucks will be at Richmond Trucks uh, season re- regular season finale, and then Xfinity will be racing at Road America um, in a in a what do you call a standalone so they're gonna have modified pit stops there josh will talk about his go-karting exploits and more 
in the sim segment and then we'll close the deal so the high v iowa double header uh, took place there last weekend uh great job by i mean it was basically a penske domination willpower won both poles and joseph newgarden won both races so uh, we'll get into the high v home front 250 the saturday race uh, Joseph Newgarden over teammate Scott McLaughlin, Pat Award, your podium, Marcus Erickson and Will Power were the, uh, rounded out the top five and all the cars that were on the lead lap. Uh, basically, Will Power and Joseph Newgarden, they led 248 of the race's 250 laps. Um, Alex Pillow, or Dixon finished sixth, Alex Pillow finished eighth, so he lost some ground there to Joseph Newgarden. On Saturday, he lost, what is it, uh, 28 points on Saturday. And then in on Sunday, Newgarden uh, wins again, even more dominant performance. Uh, there were more leaders in this race, but essentially uh, he led 212 of the race's 250 laps. Uh, Will Power led 30, and then the rest of the field, 8. Uh, New Garden over Power, Alex Pillow, Felix Rosenquist, and Scott McLaughlin, who was basically running on bricks by the end of that race. Uh, there was stuff, uh, that second race, there was a little bit more interesting uh, stuff that went on there, especially at the end. Uh, Scott Dixon, first car, one lap down. Uh, Colton Herta, Malukas, Erickson, Pato Award round out your top 10. Um, I was able to catch more or less the majority of the the Sunday race, I wasn't around for the Saturday race, obviously. Um, but I heard about New Garden dominating. Uh, the results don't really look all that different. I mean, I guess Rosenquist got in there. Malukas got in there uh, versus Kyle Kirkwood falling out and Takuma Sato not being there. So, I mean, not a lot of movement, really. Uh it's it's a tough place to pass. If you miss the setup, you're not going to be in a good uh, position there. Graham Rahal hit the wall on Saturday, uh, finished last. And, um, I mean, uh, ahead of him were the two Foyt cars, Stingray Rob, who um, would be a part of the story on Sunday. Connor Daly filling in for Simon Pagino. Uh Ray Hall's teammates, Lingard, after his first win, finished 20th there, starting 19th, and Harvey from 26th to 18th. Um, Augustin Canapino and Kyle Mylot finished basically in the middle of the field. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to go. Lundgaard did got a 13th place finish in the second race. Um, in the second race, uh, both Benjamin Peterson and Stingray Rob were disqualified. Stingray Rob, I think, because of one, one because of his speed and also because of the wheel coming loose uh, that that almost got hit by somebody. Then Benjamin Peterson got the milk and donuts um, uh, black flag for being too slow. Yep. Then Canapino, I think he hit the wall and had issue, or he had mechanical issues while he was running about. The same place, he was right there with his teammate, Callum Eilat, uh, who ended up finishing 14th. And then, yeah, so Ryan Hunter-Ray wrecked late in the race, and then they didn't bother to put... They put out the yellow, but they didn't open the pits. That could have affected the result, but instead they didn't. 
and it still affected the result because Alex Pillow went into that caution running fifth, and um, after the yellow, Will Power ran Felix Rosenquist into the into the marbles, and Scott McLaughlin's car was undrivable. So Alex Pillow made up two spots, only lost uh, 18 points there. So essentially uh, lost 46 points in two races, but um, for Alex Pillow, it's damage control, but to get two top 10 finishes at probably his weakest, um, at the, the weakest concept, Josh, in terms of short oval racing, uh, getting a podium out of the second race, I think is consolidation when Penske basically had the field covered the whole entire weekend, whether it was speed on one lap or being able to run on a long run, Joseph Newgarden, uh, proved once again, like I said earlier, why he's um, one of the masters of short ovals. I mean, he certainly is a master of uh, short oval racing here in IndyCar. I mean, obviously, um, I've talk, been talking about it for a while leading up to this race about how this is Newgarden's chance to get back into the championship chase, and now he's only 80 points behind uh, Alex Blow here. And, um, you know, last year, remember, we, we talked about how he dominated Saturday, and then on Sunday he ended up crashing out, and that was probably a factor in why he didn't win the championship this year. Well, it's not as close to the championship uh, chase this year. He's still uh, pretty far back um, from uh, Pelot uh, being 80 points back, but still um, this could be a catalyst here for him, and this, uh, especially uh, the next upcoming races. Uh, we'll, see how, we'll see how it goes, but um, yeah, you have to consider possibility of Joseph Newgarden making a you know late kind of mid late season comeback to you know challenge below for the title so uh could be an interesting setup as we you know begin the final stretch of races here you know going into uh the uh, conclusion of the season so um you know Newgarden of course dominated this race thoroughly on on Saturday and um you know at first it was uh Will Power leading a ton of laps but then you know he made a mistake um and ended up almost falling a lap down there at the very end to his teammate. And I think Joseph Newgarden probably really wanted to put his teammate a lap down there based on how he was driving. But, you know, with the, the pace of uh, Scott McLaughlin at the end coming coming up on him, you know, it's really hard to risk trying to put your uh, teammate a lap down in fifth um, with, with uh, your other teammate coming up on you, and so it's probably best just to play conservative there, which I think he ended up, you know, he, you know, he ended up doing there. So, um, yeah, Saturday race, yeah, uh, dominant, and then the Sunday race, of course, you know, equally as dominant. Um, and uh, you, you know, it was just a interesting, interesting uh, setup there at you know throughout the race, even though you know Newgarden led. 212 laps teammate led a handful in 30 laps and you know uh, at least uh Pelode, you know his chances of uh extending his championship lead um it, i mean even though he lost points to Newgarden, um still came away in third so on sunday so that's a little bit of consolation there rosenquist of course uh, what we saw from him at indianapolis i think kind of you know goes back to what he, he's been able to do on ovals this year of course um and you know, I think um, the rest of you know the the top ten, of course, McLaughlin um, finishing fifth after uh, finishing second on the day before. So um, 
yeah, I mean, the racing on Sunday, of course, um, I mean, I, maybe maybe a little bit more, you know, interesting racing on Sunday, but of course, you know, Newgarden at the end still dominated. So, um, yeah, I mean, short old racing, I think, you know, it's, we need more of it here in IndyCar, uh, more than just Iowa. I mean, we can say that Gateway is a short oval, but I don't, I mean, maybe an IndyCar since it is, but I mean, we need more of this, you know, so we'll see if uh, other tracks like uh, Milwaukee Mile get back onto the schedule um, next year or the year after or something like that um, and see if maybe if they can get, well, Richmond might be too similar, but it was supposed to be a race a few years ago before it got, you know, canned for uh, COVID. So, you know, possibly that or other, you know, short ovals around the country that can uh can handle IndyCar racing you know phoenix get get that track back on the schedule i mean i know i know in cup it's probably not that great IndyCar maybe not so much either but i feel like you know it's a historical IndyCar track and definitely deserves to um have a place on the schedule so gotta try to increase the number of races here uh in you know short ovals that you know definitely add to the oval flair of this series but yeah i mean i said it you know throughout the coming weeks you know new garden would sweep um iowa based on how he raced here last year and came out exactly as i said it would and you know he came out here wins both races and now has a better shot at coming back to the title fight here yeah i mean to be down 80 points it's nowhere it's not like he's anywhere out of it you think about how many races that are left to go in the season uh you got five, yeah, you got five races to go. I mean, four, what is it, uh, three on permanent road courses, one on an oval and one on at home for him on a street course, the big McKine Music City Grand Prix. Uh, that'll, uh, we'll see if he can, he's had bad luck at Nashville in a couple of years they've been there. So let's see if he could turn that around. 120-point lead Alex Pillow has on Scott Dixon. The battle for fourth in points is very close. It's only 14 points separating Marcus Erickson in fourth, Will Power in seventh, McLaughlin and Ward are tied, 329. Uh, Colton Herta, Christian Lundgaard, and uh, Alexander Rossi round out the top 10. Kirkwood, first car out there in 11th. Rosenquist 12th and that's basically um it there I mean Rosenquist looking for a ride more than likely uh had a car that looked pretty sporty there late in the race probably lost out on an opportunity to try and make a move I don't think it would have mattered but um he did show speed as Josh mentioned uh the oval speed as when he had the 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 Senna or whatever the McLaren Marlboro McLaren throwback at Indianapolis and he had one of the fastest cars in the racetrack and then uh, I think he binned it in the race and or to give it away but um, see what happens only one more oval this year so uh, right now Penske showed a lot of power there I don't know no pun intended uh, but uh, Ganassi is got has got three of the top four drivers in points one of them is a free agent uh for all the talk and everything that you're doing with uh uh erickson i don't think he's going anywhere i have a hard time believing he's going anywhere 
but we'll see what happens with that. Uh, going to, we'll start with the Cup Series at Pocono Raceway. I decided not to go, and it was a good idea. Um, not the least of which because it was a convention, a family reunion for a good segment of the fan base there, um, especially by the reaction uh, uh, towards the winner. Um, the highpoint.com 400, uh, which basically was a, uh, Hendrick, a Hendrick and Gibbs benefit, uh, which is not shocking because that's been the whole year. Uh, Joey Logano won the first stage, but ended up uh, getting wrecked after pitting and um, then being pulled around the track on on the splitter and bouncing around for two miles, which he wasn't happy about, and spoke to Elton Sawyer about. Um, then uh, and then we'll we'll get I'll get into more details because he wasn't the only one that was wrecked on for either no reason or just based on stupidity. Dennis Hamlin gets his 50th career Cup Series victory, um, breaking his tie with or getting into a tie with the. Uh, uh, what is it, uh, Junior Johnson and um, Ned Jarrett, I believe, and then uh, um, breaking his uh, tie with Tony Stewart when they're at 49 victories. Um, I can just confirm that. Yeah, Denny Hamlin is tied with Ned Jarrett and Junior Johnson now. Uh, he was tied for 16th. Now he's tied for, for 13th um, in uh, wins. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, he moved Kyle Larson, basically a similar move to what he did to Ross Chastain, but it was more, I think there was definitely more intent in the Ross Chastain move because he had not bothered to clean him out. He didn't really clean him out, but he put him in a position where in his mind, he's like, well, you have two pedals. You can, you can get off the gas and not hit the wall, or you go and hit the wall and his justification, he doesn't think he hit him. I think he did but whatever um i don't really care i because i'm not a larson guy um there was a lot of people at the racetrack that were it seemed like uh and made their their uh, thoughts known the results of the highpoint.com 400 at pocono uh denny hamlin tyler reddick his driver I, i really thought during the practice he had the fastest race car out there um in the end, it was Martin Truex Jr., who probably had the best race car. Um, and then you had Kevin Harvick getting a top five finish, which is something he did start for, so it shouldn't really be that shocking. Keebler Gibbs gets his first top five of his career. Christopher Bell, sixth. Richard in seventh. Harrison Burton getting a top ten. Eric Jones in ninth. And William Clyde Elliott, the second in 10th after starting tailback after spinning out and qualifying um byron led the most laps in the race uh, larson led the second most laps um so that was 84 of the race's 160 laps but in the end they don't have much to show for it i mean stage points and the playoff point in larson's case but um in the grand scheme of things that wasn't the only incident there's there were plenty of people which i'm going to get into more detail here in a few moments time but uh denny hamlin and tyler reddick were connected to two instances 
that took place uh, on Sunday afternoon, Josh. But what were your, I mean, well, before we get into all the argy-bargy that went on all day, what what did you think of the Denny Hamlin move uh, and um, Kyle Larson actually showing that he has a pulse in his post-race and the fact that Kimi Kuhn probably did a better job than most of the people in NASCAR media with the way she handled herself the whole entire day um, and, and doing her job there for NBC. I mean, yeah, I agree that Kyle Larson and, well, Denny Hamlin, I think he made contact. I agree that I think he made slight contact with uh, Kyle Larson on the you know finish of that race. And, um, I mean, it wasn't as heavy as Ross Chastain last year, but it was definitely enough to get him out of the way and make him uh, go into the wall. And um, it wasn't as intentional contact, of course. Um, Denny says it was more of an arrow thing, which maybe – I mean, it might be plausible because um, I think if he had made more contact, I think Larson hits the wall harder. Um, but, I mean, there's been several examples over the you know, the season since uh, then of Carr being on the inside trying to make a pass coming off of corner exit and uh, having a car on the outside. Of course, Larson Bubba at Las Vegas last year, um, Ross Chastain, and... Um, Noah Gregson at Kansas, those are two good examples, of course. And, um, you know, this incident that we saw this past Sunday. And, um, I mean, you know, Denny took a chance, uh, you know, going going on the bottom. He uh, basically throttled up uh, middle of the corner and uh, went for it and put Larson in a position where he was uh, vulnerable and compromised there and, um, you know, led to them basically yeah, being side-by-side side off the, the corner. And then Denny had to protect his position by going all the way down to the bottom just before the apron there. Um, and any, any further, and it risks really d- disturbing the handling of the race car, especially with how stiff and bumpy the uh, next-gen car is and how bumpy that section of the apron is there at Pocono. Um, we're, we've seen it in the past where cars could go that low and uh, go there, but not anymore. So, um, yeah, I mean... It's it's controversial because you know he's taking out Larson now it's the second time he's taking Larson out uh, of a finish and um, uh, out of a potential win and um, you know Larson uh, you know has a huge fan base up in Pennsylvania obviously doing doing a lot of dirt racing there uh, and everything so um, you know he's very popular up there and of course um, you know Danny um, you know he's always Danny's always been kind of a smug asshole you know his whole career and you know. We, call him cokehead hamlin and everything and I mean takes you know go all the way back to 2008 um when him and brad keselowski first got into it and everything and you know i was on brad's side that night and you know pretty, haven't really been much of a hamlin fan since then i mean i find his podcast interesting but you know i don't really i feel like i don't really care about him that much as a racer so um you know he always just pulls off these moves of course and I mean, go back to, you know, what he, I mean, what he did uh, at Charlotte, you know, he, I mean, yeah, he, he was right that Chase Elliott uh, wrecked him there, but, you know, he went and cried like a baby about it and everything. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't think that's, that's a lot of reason why Denny isn't, I don't think Denny's that popular and everything, um, but, you know, he gets the people talking, but, you know, the move itself, I mean, 
you know, he's trying to be more aggressive, trying to go get the 50th win, 600th win for uh, Toyota and everything. So, you know, a lot on the line there. Uh, and, you know, the way the way that, you know, you have to race these days, you know, you, you've got to be super aggressive. And, you know, with Larson, I mean, I thought Larson at first when I saw it, I thought maybe he went too high into turn one and then, um, you know, opened the door for Danny Hamlin to take charge on the inside but really he maintained his line the whole time and then you know um Danny just tried to shoot the gap there uh coming off the corner and um you know drifted up into Hamlin I mean probably yeah he probably got tight I mean yeah I'll buy it he got tight but I mean he definitely definitely looked like he made contact there um from what you'd see from Harvick's uh vantage point and what you'd see from uh you know just the regular cameras and everything so yeah uh definitely got into him there and uh, that's probably w what won him the race and everything and then um of course you talked about larson showing a pulse and everything and yeah i mean showed a pulse there but i mean it's very very kyle larson like of a pulse i mean still still fairly calm and everything as he usually is and um you know now he's got a decision uh how to race seems like he's going to race Hamlin the same way that he's been raced so far this year and we'll see if um if they get side by side this weekend at Richmond uh, or any any time later you know how that plays out especially if you know stage points are on the line or if a race victory is on the line or even in the playoffs because they'll both be there if a championship or a elimination is on the line how that goes so gonna definitely be an interesting storyline and you know, with um, you know, it seems like NASCAR has had some pretty good races so far this summer since uh, NBC is taking over. So now we have two top drivers, you know, two you know big names in the series. You know, Denny's got you know a lot of pull from the outside too. You know, he's obviously with um, Jordan Brand and everything, and so he's got some pull there. And um, I mean, there obviously there's a decent amount of Hamlin fans, of course, but you know, Larson kind of the build as the last true racer, and you know popular among a lot of the dirt crowd and everything so um and obviously you know he's got a championship which hamlin doesn't have so um you know definitely gonna be have two two drivers uh could have a big rivalry as we heat up into the playoffs might be might be uh the injection into the season in terms of storylines that you know we need to see and um add a, another layer of excitement uh going into the nascar playoffs this fall and I figure Larson's going to save that opportunity just like Clyde did uh, for late in the season to probably destroy him, whether it's it gets to the final four and he destroys him, which would be more obvious, but probably somewhere in one of them rounds, I think Larson hooks him. I mean, Bubba did it to him when he ran Bubba into the wall. Larson has had a history of hitting people and putting people on the walls, so they're both hypocrites. I mean, the vast majority of the drivers in this sport are. Uh, that's why it's like, oh, he's a whiner, he's a whiner. They're all whiners, and they're all hypocrites, and they're all paid a lot of money. And, um, I mean, at this point, that's part of, I think it's part and parcel for what the, some of the nonsense that we saw uh, this weekend. I mean, Tyler Reddick held his line and uh, been Austin Dillon turned himself across the nose of the the 45 car, and then Pop Pop went and blamed the 45, and then Austin Dillon had one of the gayest throws I've ever seen in my life. Um, I mean, he looked like Baba Booey with his helmet there. This kid was in the College World Series? 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I get, I mean, I get he may have been dropped on his head once or twice. I know he's Mike Dillon's kid, but for fuck's sake, um, that throw was god awful. Um, I hope Ace didn't watch that because he'd wonder about what the hell his dad's doing. Um, and it was not a great day for the Dillons in general. It's not like they have many great days because they suck. Uh, Ty Dillon uh, ran over Chase Briscoe for 28th um, for whatever reason. I don't know. The justification, it seems, was to cause a caution to help his teammate, Corey LaJoy, um, because he was having to save fuel. And then in turn, Corey LaJoy went and uh, spun Ryan Priest uh at the end of the race and they didn't call a yellow until they were about to head into turn into the tunnel turn uh on the green white checkered uh which i mean spire motorsports then you have the 77 they're getting bono manion i'm like you could go and put the ghost of freaking you could get leonard you you could take leonard woody still here you could take dale inman you could have ray everingham and chad canals and that 77 car is still gonna suck suck ass um bono ain't gonna save that piece of shit um ty dillon can't drive a hot nail through snow uh he has no business being in a cup car uh they they're pathetic organization fine they're trying with one car but they should give up the second charter it's the same with rick ware they should get rid of one charter they got justin haley mainly because he doesn't have money and colleague after all these years and the holy relationship that was announced last week that um that justin haley is going to leave and go to rick ware of all things but once you get into it more it seems like he's going to be in in a roush fenway keselowski car uh sooner rather than later i mean you have he had a he got wrecked uh later in the race there um daniel suarez got wrecked by the two guys that uh he's running closest with in the playoff in uh michael mcdowell and daryl walsh jr and that torpedoed my choice because i had actually picked daniel suarez as my choice for the race in terms of my one pool so it kind of goes par for the course with the luck i've had this year um and i'm looking through some of these other people uh bush ended up uh, kyle bush i guess was no it was in a no man's land uh, i feel like aj allmendinger got turned or was in something uh there i i mean i know the, those are the incidents that i can remember i feel like there was other i mean those are the three main things that i can remember Did, is there anything else that comes to mind that i i forgot it was like um it looked but delaney ended up being last car in a lead lap somehow yeah, so I, mean, he might, I think he dropped back, didn't he? He had well, engine no, he issues. Had seven so, yeah, he had seven cylinders, and and I was literally yelling that at the TV that he's down on seven cylinders. And I mean, I don't think they went and said it outright, but yeah, he had motor problems, which is sad because he had a decent piece there at the place where he won his first career race. And um, I guess uh, before we move on to Xfinity, Josh, um, what were your takes on some of the racing um some of the incidents that took place i i was i went on twitter and i said that basically what both ty dill ty dillon and uh cory lajoy did because they're helping each other out they're causing yellows isn't that race manipulation it's not it it sounds just like what 
um, Clint Boyer did years ago for Michael Waltrip. It seems pretty blatant, but would they have said anything on the radio to quantify that and the fact that they're Spire, nobody really cares, and that they ran over to Stuart Oscars, probably nobody cares either, except for fans of Chase Briscoe and fans of Ryan Priest, um, who've been aggrieved most of the year. But what, what was your take on some of those incidents that took place on Sunday, especially the one for uh, the two Spire incidents, but then also Suarez and Joey Logano's deal? Um, I don't know who, I still don't know who started the wreck um, offhand, but there were the two victims of it. I mean, yeah, there was definitely a lot of incidents that happened here. I mean, lives up to you know my nickname for Pocono, where there's an emphasis on the oh no part of it. Uh, but uh, although that's usually when they run out of gas, but um, I mean, this yeah, this one was kind of interesting. Where I mean, Chase Briscoe just got flat out ran over by Ta- Ty Dillon, and nobody cared about it on the broadcast or anything. It just showed him getting cleaned out there. <laughs> and then um, I mean, I, Corley Joy, I think he has a little bit more respect as a racer and that's probably more of a just over aggressiveness there. So, um, I don't know if there's really any conspiracy, but yeah, I don't, yeah, I Ty Dillon being in, in this race and the 77 car being so slow. Yeah. I mean, they shouldn't be on the track and there used to be, I mean, if, if, uh, Ben Peterson can be, uh, black flagged and put off track for being too slow, why can't they, put guys like the 77 behind the ball after a certain amount of time for you know not having a minimum a good minimum speed and everything um yeah and then uh yeah i mean that was kind of interesting there i mean uh danny hamlin also got into alex bowman as well i mean uh oh yeah that, i forgot about that yeah, yeah. and then that incident Dylan deal and that was with 10 to go uh i think yeah 48 got into uh or the 11 got into the 48 in turn three. So that ruined the 48 stay there. I mean, I think he was having a good run as well in the top 10. So, uh, yeah, I mean, ruined two hinder guys. I mean, it's not that it's a big deal or anything, but I mean, it's a big deal for Bowman because, you know, he definitely needs help, uh, to get into the playoffs and definitely, um, you know, definitely needs a win, but, um, these finishes are definitely not helping his efforts in, uh, at least obtaining some, amount of points and everything so uh doesn't help him there um i mean christopher Elba also spun out in the middle of it uh before stage one so i mean yet uh, a lot of accidents that happened today and of course you know you talked about um austin dylan wrecking himself and then yeah that yeah that was just pathetic there and i mean it was definitely a hard hit i mean uh for him there so uh definitely definitely bad um uh joey logano and you know, collecting Daniel Suarez, so that hurts Suarez's chances, of course. Now he falls out of the top 16 in points right now, so it's going to be tough for him, um, you know, to be able to make it in uh, on points now. Um, it's got to be able to win, of course, and, uh, you know, Joey Logano, uh, unfortunate deal for him, but, of course, uh, angry at um, the uh, safety staff and the towing staff, I guess, uh, because, there's, I guess there's got to be a different way to get him to uh, pit road um, and not cost him the race uh, you know, after being on four flats and everything. So um, definitely there has to be a, a better way to get him back without losing time and then uh, ended up falling out of anyways after a few laps because he uh, wasn't, uh, I guess, yeah, he didn't meet uh, minimum speed and everything, which is disappointing based on how winning the first stage and everything uh, didn't help him there. So, um, 
yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of stuff happened and um, everything. So, uh, yeah, this this race had definitely a lot more incidents than what I thought it would have. Um, but you know, at the end, um, it's also it is tough to pass at at Pocono, so that's probably factor into some of what we saw there. So, uh, yeah, definitely a lot lot that happened throughout this uh, you know race, and then of course you know the ending, uh, the final finish, the you know the forty one spun out. Um, like we talked about earlier, but, you know, of course the timing of the yellow, there's definitely probably time if they were quicker with the caution, uh, to, you know, throw that before coming to the white flag for Hamlin, but they didn't, they let it play out and they waited, uh, you know, debatable on that one. Um, but you know, eventually they threw the caution cause they definitely had to since Ryan, uh, yeah, Ryan priest didn't get going. So, um, yeah, definitely, uh, questionable there somewhat. But I feel like I feel like in in that sense of when to throw the caution on the last lap, the NASCAR has been more consistent uh, in a way. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this yeah, this race had a lot of stuff and, you know, it's definitely from an entertainment spec, uh, perspective. Yeah, definitely probably one of the better races that you know we've had this season. And you know, got to give credit to NBC for how they've been, you know producing these race broadcasts and definitely feels more professional and everything than Fox has this year. And then you also have to give credit to Pocono staff uh, for bringing in all those fans, of course, brought you back in, of course, on the weekend. So um, infield definitely looked like it was way more populated than it had been in recent years. And definitely, I mean, probably has uh, helps that they're able to do it on only one race rather than two race weekends, but still, uh, you know, Pocono's, um, definitely one of the better tracks on the circuit and, you know, definitely a, you know, place for Northeastern fans to, you know, get their racing, get their, uh, big speedway fix in. So definitely, uh, good, good credit for, uh, being able to put on a good show there. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff happened in this race, but, you know, it's definitely entertaining. Yeah, and I mean, you brought up the point about the car and being hard to pass. I mean, they don't, that's been one of the issues. I thought part of them developing this car was they're trying to get rid of that aero push or aero tight and having the air, the wash problem uh, would be dissipated because of the diffuser. Well, it's the same problem that they've had for years because engineers have have made it to where it's you can't pass i i think it was the gen 4 car before they made it they made the lobsters and and um t-rexes and all the whatever the hell um cars that um that the that when they were still symmetrical i think it was maybe the last time where we weren't really talking about aero push because the cars were off the ground um now they basically put them on bump stops and they don't get they're basically stuck to the ground i don't know why um but i've said that for years and you know that's nobody's hearing me but it's it it doesn't look like a regular car i mean i would say if you're gonna make it stock looking then get them off the fucking ground (laughs) that that might make a difference in terms of the diffuser yeah they won't have it sealed to the ground but air will be going under it it'll make the and they that would justify getting some more horsepower make the car harder to drive etc yeah well you can't get into that because that's supposed to be the hardest car to drive out of all the series but the xfinity cars uh byron right now or 
Truex leads the overall points by 31 over William Byron. Byron has one more win than him. Uh, we have uh, Danny Hamlin, I believe, is third in points there. Yeah. Um, Christopher Bell, fourth. Uh, Ross Chastain, fifth. We'll go through it this way, yeah. Kyle Busch, uh, Larson, Harvick, Blaney, uh, Joey Logano round out the top 10. Uh, Harvick, the only non-winner amongst the top 10 drivers right now. Good battle, actually, points-wise between Kyle Busch and Blaney. Only 18 points separating those four drivers. Joey Logano lost a lot of ground on Sunday. Reddick, with his second-place finish, moved up to 11th. Brad Keselowski's 12th. Busher, O. Richard, um, Darrell Walsh Jr., and Michael McDowell. Uh, round out uh, the 16, uh, but in turn the top 16 in overall points. But as of, um, and Michael McDowell actually now is in. AJ Allmendinger passed Suarez for the first car off the bump, 17 points behind. Um, Bubba Wells is plus 26 to the cut line. Uh, Daniel Suarez is minus 23. Keebler Gibbs with that top five is now minus 28. Bowman and Chase Elliott are 20th and 21st, um, 45 and 56 points respectively. So behind the cut line. So both of those guys definitely looking for a win. Uh, Gibbs, Suarez, Almendinger, Mike Dell, and Bubba Wallace, all of those five are all right now still in the mix with the uh, five races to go points-wise. The Xfinity race was run... Pretty late in the afternoon, the Explore the Pocono Mountains 225, the end of what was a day that had three races, because the Arca race got rained out, so they ran it first thing in the morning, ran the trucks in the midday, practice and qualifying for cup, and then you had the Xfinity race. Uh, we go through the results. I mean, the the thing, here's the thing, Josh Berry led the most laps, he dominated uh, the race really. Allgaier had a fast race car too. Uh, Hemrick was up there for a little while. Uh, you had what is it? How many leaders? Uh, eleven leaders uh, or eight drivers. Eleven lead changes. Um, Brand- Bruckshot Jones led the second most laps. So the junior motorsports cars were all uh, hooked up there at Pocono and just. Basically, had nothing to show for it in the end because Austin Hill was the beneficiary of yet an, another incident for Junior Motorsports. Um, Josh Berry messing up on that green-white checkered restart also didn't help. And uh, Hill gets his fourth win, uh, or sick, yeah, the eighth, yeah, so fourth win, I think, of this season, yeah. Um, so... In, and he was basically no, in no man's land most of the day with, I guess, alternative pitch strategies and stuff. Sam Mayer saves the day in a sense for junior motorsports. Uh, did make con- him and and uh, Barry did make contact, but that wasn't the contact that sent Barry into the turn two wall. It was probably the the contact he made with Austin Hill trying to side draft him. Clyde was third, Herbst fourth, Daniel Hemrick fifth. He had started second. Sammy Smith, Bruckshot Jones, Brett Moffitt, Parker Kligerman, and Daniel Suarez uh, running the 10 car, rounded out the top 10. Sheldon Creed started third, uh, finished 11th. Uh, yeah, I mentioned, yeah, Chandler Smith ended up 20th. 
Allgaier after wrecking in turn one on the final lap, finished 23rd. Barry, as I mentioned, wrecking turn two, finished 24th. John Hunter Nemechek had uh, solid stage points, but ended up 32nd after an incident. Him and Cole Custer were taken out in a in an incident in turn one. Also, Connor Mozak was a part of it, and Parker Retzloff, and um, yeah, it was Josh Williams and Corey Heim. I think all those guys were involved in that one there. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to see. Yeah, was it incident 20, double zero, 18, 16, 17? So yeah, Chandler Smith, uh, 18, 16, 17. Who the hell is this? Oh, Clyde was in it. Okay. And then um, 7, 35, 19 incident, 8, 30, yeah. Oh, yes. And Ryan Sieg spun out as well, trying to avoid Barry. Um, and Sage Karam, a home game for him. Uh, basically start and park to CRC brake clean Chevy seven laps in with transmission failure. Um, you know, that H pattern gearbox versus the sequential and the cup car. Of course he hasn't driven a cup car, but he's used to that. Um, but yeah, Austin Hill, a beneficiary of the, un- uh, the unfortunate luck for the junior motorsports team, but Sam Mayer goes and gets some solid points uh, gets himself within uh, eight points of Daniel Hemrick in ninth, and uh, gives himself some more ground uh, on the on the cut line too. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, that finish there at the end with Josh Berry, um, you know, had a chance to go out and win the race, and then ends up in the wall instead. So you know that has to be disappointing there, and you know led led the most laps, started on pole, and. Um, you know, definitely choked away that final restart and, you know, went, went too high into turn one and gave it away to, uh, Austin Hill. And then next lap, he's, you know, he's able to get back to him and go to the inside, but he can't quite make the pass and makes inside contact. Um, and then I, you know, he tries to cut back across to get back in line to get the draft and then makes contact with his teammate who's also right there and then you know ends up in the wall after that so yeah disappointing end for josh barry's race although i mean he's a steward house guy now so maybe he's just doing um he's already you know doing how he probably will do in a cup car there for Stuart haas so we'll see we'll see how that goes but um yeah, it's uh, another another win that they gave up this year, so we'll see how it goes. But uh, on the other end, Austin Hill, uh, you know, taking taking advantage of the misfortune for John Hunter Nemechek, uh, you know, th- that happened in this race, and then and you know ended up for John Hunter finishing thirty second a lap down. So um, you know, still in the lead, but now Austin Hill gains to within thirteen points of the. Uh, playoff point lead here uh, so you know that's the advantage there for Austin Hill Sam Mayer of course um, ends up carrying the flag for junior motorsports and honestly I mean if he played it right could have could have uh, been there uh, and had had a chance to finally get his first win so uh, although I mean played it probably a little bit smarter I mean I think if you try to shoot the gap you uh, between Hill and between Barry you have risk of making contact with one or both of them and taking yourself out there. So um, maybe the smart move to, uh, you know, let him try to let him back in line and then, um, you know, end up getting second there. So yeah, uh, good, good effort there for Sam Mayer. And then Chase Elliott, of course, uh, trying to get in some extra reps to try to get him into the playoffs. Uh, 
I mean, in the cup side, you know, led a handful of laps there, uh, and then ended up finishing in third. So decent effort for the third Hendrick or, you know, for the Hendrick car there. And then of course, Riley Herbst, of course, had the fuel strategy there at the end and ends up getting top five out of it. So, uh, you know, maybe could have, uh, had a better, better effort there, you know, uh, but, you know, didn't, um, you know, didn't get a good push on the final restart there to, you know, have a chance, um, and everything. And then of course, you know, Brandon Jones been kind of out to lunch for most of the season, you know, last couple of seasons that, uh, Gibbs has had a, uh, at least a win or two. Uh, but you know, this series only had one top five and four top 10 finishes, um, and led, led 12 laps. So, uh, yeah, definitely, um, better effort there for, for that team. And then of course there's some, seems like there's some rumors that they might be going to, um, uh, back to Gibbs next year. So that's kind of interesting, um, with, uh, how, uh, the deal, I thought the deal was a multi-year deal with Junior Motorsports, so we'll see how that happens there, but maybe there's an exit clause or something, but, um, yeah, I mean, this, yeah, I mean, ho- hopefully you enjoyed this race, you know, the, uh, I mean, there was definitely a lot of stuff that happened, I, you know, I definitely think Xfinity Racing at Pocono is definitely pretty good, um, you know, I think probably the ability to pass there is better than the cup series. Um, you know, definitely the package I think benefits them there and you're definitely going to see a lot more action of course, but, um, you know, hopefully, you know, you're able to see, see good enough, uh, things before you, you know, took off there, uh, before the end. So, I mean, yeah, definitely this race, um, pivotal and, you know, possibly for a handful of drivers here and possibly maybe it sets up the final stretch here into the, you know, last, last bit of the regular season for the Xfinity series. Yeah. I mean, for the part, for the majority of the race that I was there, Josh Berry was doing pretty well. So I was happy. Uh, I left with 20 to go, uh, got back to my car to listen to, I think the last two restarts and hear um, or here last, I think eight laps of the race or something, whatever the heck. It was six, eight laps, something like that. And then I was driving out of there when uh, Barry effed up the restart. And uh, that was that. So I was glad I didn't stay because I wouldn't have been very happy. (laughs) And uh, I wasn't watching qualifying, thankfully, for Cup, or else I would have been nauseated. Uh, I was saying that Briscoe's car sounded like it was on seven cylinders. It probably is, but then the car's also a piece of shit too, so it doesn't help. Um, yeah, so we'll see what happens with that. You you mentioned Bruckshot Jones. You also um, Riley Herbst. Herbst gains eight points on the cut line over uh, Parker Kligerman. Uh, he's now twenty six points up on Kligerman and uh, Brett Moffitt minus forty nine. Bruckshot Jones minus fifty four. I mean, I guess because there's a chance that John Hunter might be moving up the cup. I, I don't know where he would fit because unless they were going to go and make three full-time, like they're going to commit back to three full-time Xfinity programs instead of two with a third car for a bunch of different drivers uh, because Sammy Smith ain't moving anywhere. He's going to be there. Uh, I don't really know what john hunter's options would be uh, unless something has come up that we don't know 
um, mainly because of those charters and whatever, maybe having to give up uh, charters, maybe somebody's going to buy one like 2311 for the 67 and he'll go and get that or something. I don't know. But um, we'll see what happens with that. I mean, Junior Motorsports definitely has one car open and uh, we know one car is guaranteed to be there forever and that's Justin Allgaier. I figure Sam Mir is also going to be there. So they could have one or two openings. So we'll see what happens with that. Truck Series race uh, was pretty cut and dried. Honestly, the CRC Brake Clean 150. Uh, I mixed up the races that uh, the, that uh, Sage Karam had CRC Brake Clean on his car. Uh, but um, And it, it was the Truck Series that had the sponsorship for it. Kyle Busch gets a 64th career Truck Series victory with a last lap pass on Corey Heim in the tunnel turn. Uh, finally watched it on on replay, and it was a double juke uh, and a dive bomb, and that stuck. Uh, I also he was talking about it on the radio. He he was on the um, whatever the show with Danielle Trotta and. Uh, Larry McReynolds talking about KBM and all the other stuff. And he talked about the move and how he prep prepared it. And you see it in the replay. It made all the sense how he made a good run off of the third turn, took the outside line and won, which gave him a lot of energy and a run to do what he did. He was dive. He was making, he was making moves in two. He kept on showing the nose in two to Corey Heim, but Heim was able to kind of get that run. Um, but in the end, uh, Corey Heim ends up having to hold a bag um, from his former car owner or truck owner. Heim finishes second. Bush uh, gets that victory, the 100th victory for Kyle Bush Motorsports uh, in the in the truck series. So that's uh, pretty sporty there. Heim and Taylor Gray make uh, a uh, Tricon second and third. Christopher Bell, driving for um, Hattori, finished fourth. Um, since the qualifying was rained out, I'm curious uh, who failed to qualify. Chad Chastain, Doza, and Norm Benning. Okay. Uh, so I guess they had enough owner points because of his run at North Wilkesboro. Um Enfinger finished fifth after starting third. Ty Majeski had to go tailback along with Christian Eckes and Dean Thompson. They finished sixth, seventh, and eighth. Ben Rhodes ninth and Matt DiBurrito in tenth. Um, Heim led the most laps. The second most laps were led by defending series champion Zane Smith, um, but he ended up uh, wrecked with uh, Stuart Fries and Austin Hill, Kaz Grala, Ross Chastain uh, with less than 10 to go there. Uh, yeah, there was, what is it? Yeah, the one that's Grala, Austin Hill, Friesen, uh, Zane Smith, Crafton, Ross Chastain, Parker Kligerman, the, what's it, um, Carson Hosevar, whoever the, yeah, Stefan Parsons was in the O2. I didn't even know that. And the 45 of Lawless Allen. I think Lawless, I thought Lawless Allen was in the Xfinity race, but I guess that was the O2, so whatever his name is, that runs the O2 now. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Nick Sanchez and Jake Garcia uh, got into it in turn one. Sanchez ended up sending him, unfortunately. Uh, 
Tanner Gray wrecked three laps into the race. Unfortunate for him because his brother uh, ended up in third and his and their lead driver ended up second. But in all of this, at the end of the day, Kyle Busch gets win number 100 for Kyle Busch Motorsports. Not really shocking, uh, but he had to work for it. And, and he took it from the young gun, one of the favorites for the Truck Series Championship there, Josh. Yeah, I mean, it's a milestone win for uh, the, that team. And they've been dominating the Truck Series for years. And, uh, you know, this year has been a little bit different, of course, the transition from uh, Toyota to uh, Chevy and the wins. The wins haven't been as automatic as they have been in the past, but, um, you know, for Kyle in the 51. But, you know, this one, uh, Kyle definitely stole it from uh, Corey Heim uh, there, you know, at, at the end. Uh, uh, definitely a, a big pass that he made. Um, he was pretty far back on the, you know, coming to the white flag. And even even off of uh, turn one there, there is definitely a, uh, uh, several truck links uh, between those two cars, Corey Hyman and Kyle Busch, and Kyle just got a huge, huge draft off of uh, the corner um, there and uh, sent it in the turn two there in the tunnel turn so, uh, and got by uh, Corey Heim. So, yeah, it was a really big move by him to, to do that and then took the win away right there. And almost the way that it happened, it almost looked like Corey Heim had a problem with how fast he went by uh there for Kyle Busch so yeah milestone win for uh KB there and uh you know it's uh 100 wins which pretty big for their team and obviously they're you know definitely one of the most successful not most successful team in the history of the truck series in terms of wins there so um definitely uh um, a lot of those because of Kyle Busch but he's definitely had a lot of other drivers uh over the years that have won that you know of course are now in the Cup Series or trying to win their make make their way into the cup series. Um, you know, like he has the several drivers in the Xfinity and even in, uh, you know, right now in the truck series. So definitely proves, you know, why they're here in the truck series. Uh, but you know, for the rest of that race, I mean, of course, you know, it's, you know, definitely typical, uh, truck race at, uh, Pocono, but of course, you know, uh, at the end, of course, big, big wreck there, uh, the, taking out uh several drivers you know including zane smith who you know of course ended up on fire coming back to the pits and everything so um yeah unfortunate for him uh there of course uh led led a good chunk of laps 19 laps and um you know started had started in six so uh zane of course um still you know still has a chance in the um i mean the championship here as we get ready to close out the regular season uh, but he's not been as consistent, you know, as I thought he'd be. Now Corey Heim, of course, still uh, the truck point leader now, and still has a you know fairly big lead uh, on Zane Smith with uh, 42 points between them. Um, so it's maybe not as much of a contest with the regular season title on the line next you know next weekend at Richmond. So uh, you know we'll see uh, how it goes there, um, but. Yeah, I mean the race, the race itself. Yeah, um, you know, typical truck racing at at Pocono, of course. Um, and Chris Bell, who I picked to win, ended up finishing fourth uh, there. So yeah, hard to go up against Kyle Busch there and um, everything. So yeah, I mean Corey Heim still, um, you know, uh, that'll be a move for him to learn from. You know, later on, and you know, maybe learning from that, try to defend that better if it happens to him. You know, later on. So yeah. I, that was definitely definitely a good finish though. So 
um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how the rest of the season, you know, the uh, playoffs, how it plays out for him and how everything goes between him and probably his main championship rival in Corey Heim. Yeah, I mean, for Heim, he has, you mentioned, that big lead uh, outside of him having a mechanical or something at Richmond. I would venture to believe he'll get the 15 playoff point bonus for the regular season champion, and he didn't even race one race. Uh, in the, uh, He missed a race. So credit to him and credit to uh, Tricon, uh, the, what was the the Gilliland uh, Gray racing team, uh, DGR, whatever team, last year. I mean, Zane Smith's up there. Uh, he'll be second. And Finger Rhodes and Majeski are all tied. Uh, same amount of points with one race to go. Ekis has two wins. Majeski's in. Uh, there's really no way he's going to fall out. Hosevar has two wins. The race now is really DiBurrito, Nick Sanchez, Matt Crafton, and uh, Stuart Friesen. Crafton and Friesen only separated by nine points. Uh, stuff could happen for DiBurrito or Sanchez to get knocked out if somebody from outside outside of the top 10 that isn't or it isn't Matt Crafton or Stuart Friesen so Taylor Gray or Tanner Gray on wins then uh the bump spot the bump line moves uh one below and that would basically end uh the season for Matt Crafton he's been on the cusp they made crew chief changes and all that but we'll see what happens if uh we'll stay with the point standings as they are or if something wild will happen uh this weekend at richmond uh formula one hungarian grand prix try to keep this short and sweet uh fish lips ended up uh winning the race it was a lot of hopes for um the for lewis hamilton after getting a historic pole um beating verstappen by three thousandths of a second and uh but verstappen got off the line like a rocket and so did both of the mclarens mclaren and for whatever reason decided to pit oscar piastri second instead of first even though he was in second basically screwed his entire race there uh verstappen norris perez the uh, uh podium lewis hamilton fourth oscar piastri fifth george russell sixth the ferraris of charles leclerc carlos Sainz seventh and eighth and then the astons of Fernando Alonso and Lance Stroll, ninth and 10th. Uh, Fernando Alonso, last car in the lead lap. Alexander Albon was close to possibly getting another point for Williams. Daniel Ricciardo, in his return to Formula One, finishes 13th in the AlphaTauri. And uh, the Alpines ended up having dual DNFs in the first corner after an incident uh, initially caused by Joe because he had basically was doa on the start sort of had hesitation or stalled or whatever then um i'm trying to think yeah him and valtteri botas had uh issues on that start as well i'm trying to remember who uh if one of which one of them started the wreck really going in a turn one um I, gasly ended up hitting Ocon or oh and splitting it Ocon ended up flying over and breaking his seat 
Uh, that was so yet another double DNF for Alpine. They didn't even make it two laps. Uh, nightmare scenario. Logan Sargent ended up having a mechanical of some sort and finished 18th. Still chasing that elusive point. And uh, yeah, I mean, the the race after behind Fishlips was uh, somewhat interesting. Six seconds or less than six seconds separating Norris Perez Hamilton uh norris then went and smashed max verstappen's trophy which was funny um but then because they're butt buddies it really doesn't matter um yeah i mean uh, mclaren has made a big big strides josh and um with rain coming at spa more than likely this weekend it'll be could be a a, a rewind to a couple of years ago when lando norris was on the cusp of winning pole and would have won the race uh, if he had done that, uh, but it's same old, same old there in the front, uh, at least at the top of the list. Yeah, I mean, the Max Verstappen, of course, not a surprise, but I mean, at least for me, you know, I felt like definitely a surprise that Lewis Hamilton actually won the pole there and gave gave me at least a little bit of false hope for a minute that maybe Lewis would at least hold on to the lead for a bit. But of course, you know, at the start. Uh, just wasn't able to hold on to the lead. And, of course, Max um, got a way better start than he did and is able to take the lead into turn one. But, um, you know, Lewis ended up finishing fourth there. So, um, you know, Lewis, yeah, of course, they still still have a little bit of work to do. Um, and maybe, you know, for him, Lewis uh, starting up front, you know, again, kind of – you know, it's been been a while, so maybe he's a little bit rusty there, uh, being able to fight the leaders and everything. So, um, thought it would be interesting there, but yeah, not really. And then, of course, uh, McLaren continuing to build on their improvement. Lando finishing second, getting podium, uh, and then uh, Piastri finishing in third. So, yeah, that's uh, definitely a good good result for them. They're beginning to turn it around, and yeah, I mean, like you said, could be a could be interesting here at Spa this weekend if weather gets in the way uh, and maybe maybe they pull out a surprise win or something like that. So uh, we'll see if uh, if that happens. But yeah, the other big story, of course, in this race, Daniel Ricciardo coming back, uh, you know, under Red Bull with uh, AlphaTauri, and of course, um, you know, I mean, those cars aren't really fast, but outpaced his teammate there the whole weekend and was a lot more competitive. Uh, and it, that car has been in quite a while. So um, already, I mean, even though it's, you know, probably about as good as it's going to get for, you know, AlphaTauri finishing outside the points, um, definitely a good good result there for uh, his first race back in several months uh, for uh, Ricardo, and definitely under a team that seems like understands him uh, more than uh, what McLaren did. So, yeah, it looks like uh, he's definitely um, maybe – could be on the right track we'll see but yeah otherwise yeah i mean still same same old same old story uh up front yep and uh get into the points 110 point lead for uh fish lips over his teammate uh sergio perez is uh, 32 points ahead of fernando alonso and 38 points ahead of lewis hamilton so uh Hamilton trying to get to third and the the drivers championship didn't seem possible earlier in the season but uh Aston Martin has fallen back George Russell is in third in fifth in a battle basically with 
the two Ferrari drivers at the moment, uh, three points ahead of Sainz, 10 points ahead of Leclerc. But Lando Norris is rising after a couple of second-place finishes now. Uh, he is only 30 points out of fifth, and it seems like there's a possibility he could move up further. Uh, Oscar Piastri uh, has left, been left wanting the last couple of races. I think he will get in the top 10 and stay there uh, more than likely once he gets there uh, because that car is so good. In uh, terms of the constructors, uh, don't really have to worry about. We already know who's going to win the constructors championship. They're 230 points ahead, basically. You know, just. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 229 ahead. And then Mercedes uh, is 39 points ahead of of Aston Martin. Aston Martin is 17 points out of Ferrari. So that's for, they would talk about second, third, fourth. And then there's a huge gap between Ferrari and McLaren, who's right now in their own world. 40 points out of Alpine, who is 36 points out of Williams and Haas. Alfa Romeo and uh, Alpha Tori, non- nothing changed amongst those four teams pi- points-wise, or last five teams to be uh, in the constructors, but they'll be going to Spa this coming weekend. All righty then, let's get into Formula 2 and Formula 3 at the uh, at uh, Hungary. We try to go, pre-season, oh, so they'll be racing this week at Castellet. Yeah, that's right. Um... Formula 2 and Formula 3, I went, and so we'll start with Formula 3, and uh, the results from from Budapest, Gabriel Mini wins the sprint race, and Zach O'Sullivan wins the feature, the get into the sprint race, Mini over Gabriel Bortoletto and Bedrin, Paul Aaron and Goth, uh, Mansell, Colapinto, Edgar, Saucy, and Beganovic round out the top 10. Kalen Frederick was 12th. Uh, Sophia Flersch actually finished 15th. Wow. And Pepe Marti was 20th. So brutal Zach O'Sullivan, 22nd. Kyle Collette buried. Uh, then in the uh, feature race, Zach O'Sullivan or over Beganovic and Colapinto. Goth, Paul Aaron round out the top five. Pepe Marti, 6th. Bortoletto, Edgar. Fornaroli and Boya uh, round out the top 10. The points with now two rounds or four total races to go two rounds because Spa is the next to last round of the um, championship. They aren't making up Im- the Imola round, so they haven't put in something in its place for whatever reason. Uh, Bortoletto is 43 points ahead of Zach O'Sullivan and 44 ahead of Pepe Marti and uh, 50 ahead of Paul Aaron and Daniel Beganovic and 51 on Franco Colapinto. So it's a very close battle from second to sixth, uh, eight points between those guys. And you have Gabriel Mini just kind of hiding over there as well. So we'll see what happens with Formula 3 in Formula 2. The results there from their race at Budapest, Dennis Hauger, the sprint race winner, and Jack Dewan, the feature winner. Uh, Dennis Hauger over Iwasan, Oliver Bierman, Teo Pocher, Jan Deruvala, Kushmini, so Indian drivers fifth and sixth. Uh, Victor Martans, Isaac Hadjar, Frederick Vesti, Jack Dewan, 
Jack Crawford was 14th. Brad Benavides was 18th. Juan Manuel Correa was dead last. And uh, in the feature race, Jack Doohan over Frederick Vesti, Victor Martanz, Owasa, Isaac Adjar, Pocher, Hauger, Enzo Fittipaldi. Correa gets a point or two points there in ninth. Richard Vayshore rounds out the top 10. Jay Anderuvla just outside of the points. They're trying to go through. So Jack Crawford was 17th. Benavides 18th. And Cushmine was uh, 20th. Standings getting into. They still have uh, still have four rounds to go. They'll run Spa. Then they'll be at Zanfort, Monza. And then they'll take two months off or three, whatever. Yeah, basically from september so yeah they're basically taking three months off before they go to yaz marina to end the season uh, yeah brad benavides is one of the only ones that hasn't scored a point so far this year uh vesti is 11 points at ateo pocher 20 21 points ahead of owasa um, victor martens jack Dewin round out the top five oliver bierman in sixth, Jack Crawford right now is 13th. Kushmini and Jay Andruvla are only separated by a point there. So we'll see what happens with those guys uh, as we move forward. In uh, the World Rally Championship, it was Cali Rovampera basically dominated the whole entire rally, uh, won a shit ton of stages, and uh, uh, put a stamp on that whole deal um, in in going and trying to go and win uh win that race he racked up yeah his 10th uh victory of his career and our answer yeah led the rally league yeah fast he was having to sweep the road on friday still won 15 out of 21 stages 13 consecutive stage wins and um time yeah so i mean that was a big big uh result for him gives him and he won by 52.6 seconds over Thierry Neuville. Essa Pecolapi was third, so Hyundai gets two cars on the podium. Uh, three in the top five with Timu Sunanen was in fifth. Efren Evans for Toyota was fourth. Um, Atanek had a five-minute penalty uh, for an engine change, and now they're looking at um, how they manage that within the points or within racing uh starting the race with a five minute penalty they probably are gonna have to change that because it killed uh Atanek's whole entire weekend when he had he was a it's his home race he had a chance he could have done something um with that race i mean he was only a minute 20 he only lost a minute 25 uh so he probably would have finished fourth or something uh otherwise so that's disappointing estonia won't even be around on the championship next year uh so that's something there um the points right now cali rovampera trying to get a second consecutive world championship is 55 points ahead of efren evans um 58 points out of thierry newville and 66 points ahead of Atanek. Um, so then um, basically lost out on a great opportunity there um, at Estonia. The Indy next at Iowa Speedway, and bring that up for, we got the, 
his schedule. We got the results there. So Indy next at uh, Iowa Speedway. Saw Christian Rasmussen lead 74 of the race is 75 laps. Jacob Abel, who started on pole, uh, led the first lap. Rasmussen, Matt Brabham in, in a substitute role. Hunter McElray uh, finished fifth. There, everybody else, Sands, uh, Nolan Siegel, and Kiffin Simpson, who wrecked, uh, were uh, yeah they in separate incidents. Uh, all the other drivers pitted that were still in the race. Uh, you got Ernie Francis Jr. in eighth. Jamie Chadwick gets a top ten. Jagger Jones in eleventh. The points going into Nashville. Uh, Christian Rasmussen uh, continues to lead the points right now. Uh, 281, 22 points out of Nolan Siegel. Jacob Abel is uh, 10 points out of Louis Foster, so and three points out of Hunter McElray. So that's a close battle between those three guys. Uh, Reese Gold, Daniel Frost, James Rowe, Kiffin Simpson, and Ernie Francis Jr. Now uh, in the 10th position. Erasmus Lind. It's a close. It's somewhat close. Uh, Jagger Jones, Erasmus Lind, Enam Ahmed. Christian Bogle, Matteo Nanini, uh, was, what is it, eight points separating those drivers. Jamie Chadwick moves up to 16th in the points, only seven points out of the top 15. So we'll see how she does at Nashville. The heart of, yeah, in, in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, they ran at Lime Rock this past weekend for a GT only uh, weekend there. And uh, the results saw the in the FCP Euro Northeast Grand Prix uh, saw the yeah Alex Riberas and uh, Ross Gunn win overall for the Harder Racing Aston Martin team uh, started on pole and ended up first uh, Jack Hawks or Ben Barnacote for Vassar Sullivan Lexus started second finished second Klaus Bockler Patrick Pile from fifth finished third if the uh Faf Motorsports Plaid Porsche, the Corvette Racing Team, Jordan Taylor, Antonio Garcia finished fourth um, overall uh, after starting third. Starting third, uh, Marco Sorensen, Roland DeAngelis for Harder Racing in the GTD category finished fifth overall and won their class over Julian Andlauer and Alec Udell, the Kelly Moss Porsche, Trent Hinman and Alan Brigolfsson in the Wright Motorsports. I Brigolfsson, I probably jacked that name up, whatever. Um, finished third. Uh, Catherine Legg, Sheena Monk in the Gradient Racing. J.G. Wentworth Acura finished 10th in overall and 6th in class. You know, trying to go through every car was running there. The Jared Andretti, Gabby Chavez, Aston Martin had issues along with Alan Metney and Kevin Burlow uh, in the race. Uh, Frederick Shandoff, Brendan Rebe in the inception, McLaren, all those drivers had issues uh, along the day there. The next race will be at Road America, newly repaved uh, Road America, which the Indy cars were at. That'll be next week um, at Road America for their IMSA Sports Car Weekend. Um, NHRA, part of the Western Swing, the second leg of the Western Swing. Uh, we had uh, Steve Torrance win in Top Fuel, uh, Tim Wilkerson in Funny Car, Gage Herrera in Pro Stock Motorcycle, and then um, 
you go so Steve Torrance ends up beating Doug Coletta in in the final there in Funny Car. Uh, J.R. Todd or Wilkerson gets J.R. Todd in the final there. Pro Stock Motorcycle, who's had Gage Herrero beats his teammate, uh, Eddie Craywick, for yet another win. And then in Top Alcohol Dragster, I'm going to check the um, ladder just out of curiosity. Jackie Frick beat Joey Severance. Um, yeah, Pro Stock, they don't show that uh, qualifying order. I don't want to go and see if. Uh, yeah, so they'll show top alcohol dragster. And, oh, so Tony didn't even run. That's interesting. Uh, Frick, Madison, Payne, Kim Parker. So three three women in the top four. Joey Severance was fifth and got to the final there. So that's interesting. In, um, yeah, top fuel, just go back in there. Torrance ended up uh, beating Josh Hart, Brittany Force, Sean Langdon on his way to the final. Doug Coletta. Uh, took out uh, Ron Smith, had a bye in the second round. Doug Coletta, he, he didn't beat himself. He did beat himself in the final. Um, Clay Milliken, red lit badly. Um, and then uh, again, finally, he got beat by Torrance. In the funny cars, Wilkerson gets another win there. Um, goes and beats Matt Hagen, Ron Cap. So the top two guys in points, Blake Alexander. On his way to the victory, um, J.R. Todd beat Alex Laughlin, Cruz Pentagon, and Chad Green to get to the final there. And uh, Pro Stock Motorcycle, uh, Gage Herrera from... Uh, I don't know why they should... Okay. The Pro Stock Motorcycle, Gage Herrera, uh, ran low ET of the race. Um, they said low ET, but then that's 672. That's lower than what they're showing there. Okay. Uh, Gage Herrera beat a red lighting Lance Bonham got a buy in the second beats Hector Arana even though he was behind on the starting line by three hundredths or three thousand three thousandths of a second or yes yeah, zero, zero yeah and then uh, gets to the final Eddie Craywick goes and beats Ryan Ayler Chase Van Zant Matt Smith uh, had mechanical issue in the semifinal. Standings heading to Snoroma. Uh, Steve Torrance four points ahead of Justin Ashley. Uh, Leah Pruitt, Brittany Force, Austin Proc, Doug Coletta. Uh, that's like a 50-ish point gap between those those drivers. Um, Antron Brown, Mike Salinas, Josh Hart, Clay Milliken rounding out the top 10. Uh, he's got, Milliken has got a 24-point lead on Sean Langdon. Basically, as I mentioned, they, as long as you run the majority of qualifying sessions and show up to every event, you'll make the playoffs. So that's going to be 12 drivers. Matt Hagen, 17 points out of Ron Caps, uh, 10 points separating DeJoria, Height, and Green. Wilkerson with the win moves up to tie for sixth with Bob Tasca, who got dismissed in the first round. John Force, J.R. Todd, Cruz Pentagon has got a. Uh, 61 point lead on Blake Alexander, and then you have more on Alex Laughlin there. And uh, just to give, uh, they'll be back this weekend at Sonoma Pro Stock. Dallas Glenn's 202 points out of Matt Hartford, 204 ahead of uh, Troy Coughlin Jr. And go on from there. Um, Camry Caruso, eighth, just behind her teammate, Greg Anderson, six points behind her teammate. 
and then um, in Pro Stock Motorcycle, uh, Gaetra has a 266-point lead on Hector Rana Jr. Eddie Krawick is third. Matt Smith tied with his his wife uh, for fourth and fifth. Steve Johnson in sixth. Chase Van Zant, Gianna Evaristo, Ingwersen Klontz, uh, two points ahead of Ryan Ayler in um, Pro Stock Motorcycle for the bump. Supercars will be back at Eastern Creek this week. And uh, there's been news, uh, just super car, yeah, there you go, that uh, Simona Di Silvestro will be making a return for a wild card for uh, Dick Johnson Racing uh, for the Bathurst 1000. She used to be a full-time driver in the Supercars Championship, driving for the Kelly Racing Nissan team. Kai Allen will be her teammate, a Super 2 driver um in uh right now for eggleston motorsports so that'll uh it'll be interesting to see that combination and how that all works out you know they had uh trying to see what other more news yeah mustang mustangs are now gonna have an adjusted uh throttle body they went from 87 millimeter to 80 millimeter which is the same as a camaro Hopeful, hoping for better response and to save rear tires. They've had issues with that the whole entire year. Uh, so we'll see if that helps their um, chances because they've been destroyed by um, the uh, the Chevy teams the whole entire year. Uh, Will Brown, seven points out of Brody Kostecki. Uh, Brock Feeney is uh, 26 points out in third. Dean Van Gisberg in fourth, Chaz Mostert, the leading Ford driver in fifth, only seven points out of Andre Heimgardner, Cam Waters seventh, and um, as they go to uh, Sydney for the Sydney Super Night race there at, uh, at, yeah, it says New South Wales. I'm trying, oh yeah, so that's, um, yeah, it's Eastern, yeah, it is Eastern Creek. There you go. Um, they used to run the MotoGP opener back in the way back when, and other races there. So I'll be cool to see World Superbike in the Czech Republic. There's been some news and in, in World Superbike, but one thing's for sure that Alvaro Bautista uh, will be the World Superbike champion uh, again, and so he's got a massive lead. But if um, Toprak Raskat Lioku can um can go and keep it somewhat interesting uh you never know the results right now uh yeah bautista trying to break the all-time record for wins in a season uh 70 points out of toprak raskat lioku andrea locatelli is at seven points behind john or ahead of johnny ray and axel bassani rounds out the top five michael rubin Minaldi has been dropped for next year from the factory Ducati team, amongst other changes, Raskadlioku is going to BMW and um, et cetera, et cetera. Garrett Gerloff, 14th in points, five points behind Iker Lakuona and 11 behind Scott Redding, who's on a factory BMW and um, Remy Gardner, I think was a 13 points back. So for 11, uh, yeah, as I mentioned, F1 Academy, uh, Briefly there, the standings heading into uh, Paul Ricard. Um, Marta Garcia uh, is leading Hamda Al-Kabasi by 36 points. Lena Buhler 
is 43 points back. Abby Pulling is in fourth. Uh, Marty fifth. And Bianca Bustamante, uh, last uh, driver as of now, has over 100 points. So they'll have this race, the three rounds at Paul Ricard, and then they'll be taking a couple months off before they return for the final race weekend at Austin during the U.S. Grand Prix uh, weekend uh, for yeah for Formula One. In terms of Formula E, they're coming to the end of their 2023 season, and the point standings uh, going into the London doubleheader. Uh, British driver Jake Dennis trying to win the uh, Formula E World Championship for Avalanche Andretti and uh, Porsche Power Unit is uh, what 24 points ahead of Nick Cassidy. Uh, Mitch Evans is 44 points back. Pascal Verline 49. That's basically it. No, you'd need a miracle. I think the you know, maximum amount of points you can make in a race is 29 in one race so i think it's 58 points could be made up so those are really the four guys i would consider really jake dennis and nick cassidy the two that could possibly go out there and win the championship and vision racing has a 14 point lead on the porsche factory team uh, jaguar factory team is 11 points behind the jaguar tcs from tag Heuer porsche and then 21 points back of second is Avalanche Andretti, DS Pensco. Those are the four teams up there uh, for the team's title. We'll talk about all that next week on uh, the GSP. All right, so I'll open the floor to you, Josh. I've been waiting patiently to discuss um, the egregious um, ranking of Trevor Lawrence, the second now going into his third year of his career, made his first playoff appearance last year, made an enormous comeback against uh, the Chargers that you were in person for. Your brother wasn't happy about it, but you definitely were. Um, It was definitely a crazy game. Uh, Trevor Lawrence going and getting that victory, Um, Doug Peterson and company. But um, first year in the top 100, I don't think it'll be his last. And, uh, He's 96th out of the top 100, but uh, you aren't happy about it. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely not happy about that because um, I think Trevor Lawrence is better than number 96 uh, in the top 100 players. And I mean, contextually, when you look at it, um, they put Tua ahead of him and they put Justin Fields ahead of him. Uh, and I think, yeah, that's extremely uh, egregious there because uh, I think Trevor, statistically, I think he performed better uh, than Justin Fields in just about every major category um, that actually matters in the the um, NFL in terms of you know QB play. And then I think he, you know, he definitely performed better as a QB than uh, Tua Tagovailoa. So. Um, yeah, I think that's definitely underselling him there um, as a player. I mean, it's a player ranked list, so I'd you know I'd really like to know like what they were thinking there. Um, were they just going off of pure pure highlights? Is it because I mean you know uh, Tua has uh, Tyreek Hill uh, behind him 
or you know alongside him that maybe inflates his what you know his plays look like um because he's a human highlight reel and Tyreek Hill you know Justin Fields you know has made uh, a lot of uh you know moves on the field with his mobility and everything uh and but he still took uh, a lot of sacks and you know he had I mean, he had eight rushing TDs and a thousand yards, but I mean, let's let's look at, you know, from a QB perspective, um, I don't understand how, you know, Trevor is ranked below them. I mean, um, and then you know, also, I I told you, you know, earlier before we started, you know, back in 2016, the top 100 players of 2016, Blake Bortles was ranked uh, number 56, and he, you know, he had. 4,400 yards, 35 touchdowns, and 18 picks. So, um, and you know, a lot of those were in garbage time when they were playing, playing behind. I mean, he had a few wins there where he came from behind, but you know, they, that year the Jags were five and eleven, and um, you know, back then, I mean, it was like, oh, it was pretty good, or you know, I thought he was going to be pretty good, but um, you know, it was like, well, we got to clean up the mistakes, and you know, those never got cleaned up, and you know, of course. Blake is retired now and everything, but, you know, Trevor Lawrence in one season, you know, if you compare that, his second season and back then 2015, Blake uh, Bortles second season, I mean, Trevor, Trevor has done way better and, um, you know, he proved he was the franchise, you know, took the team from a two and six record where, you know, a lot of that was somewhat because of him, him making mistakes. And then he cleaned up his game by, you know, country mile and led them to the playoffs and, you know, had the comeback win against the Raiders, um, had comeback win against the uh, the Baltimore Ravens, the Cowboys, uh, comeback win against there. They defeated Tennessee in Tennessee. Um, you know, they defeated them at home to win the playoffs. Um, then, of course, the playoff victory uh, against the Chargers, you know, coming back from 27-0 and four picks and everything and, and – putting the game the entire team on your back i mean i don't i don't understand how that's um you know i mean that should be higher than 96 i mean i feel like you should at least at least be in the i mean the 50s let's say we'll say the 50s i mean i feel like that's probably reasonable um you know so yeah that's that's what i what i think i mean i don't understand that um so um yeah that's what that's what i'm i guess as a fan you know incensed about about there so um but of course, you know, I think, you know, he'll be uh ranked higher next season more than likely, um, and everything. And um, you know, ninety sixth, you know, through eighty or hundred through eighty in the NFL players list, I you know, feel like it's for those guys that are, you know, on the edge of being great, right? Um, and they haven't yet proved themselves where they're good enough to be on the list. And you know, I feel like Trevor, you know, he's already proved himself and everything, so uh, I feel like that's egregiously low and i mean they're really selling the jaguar stock low so i guess buy high so when they come up on the rise and and go um you know raise their price i mean we'll we'll all be we'll all be rich i guess but um you know i mean it's interesting and i mean freaking dalvin cook who's a free agent right now um and i mean he's not even on a team and he did drop 60 spots on this list uh i mean he's number 91 so yeah i don't understand that and everything so yeah i'm a little incensed on that now now i'm curious to see um you know which uh players if there are any other jaguars players on there i mean 
I think I think um, there's got to be at least a few. I mean, I think Christian Kirk definitely. I'll be curious to see if they put Calvin Ridley on that list after you know being suspended for a full season. Uh, if he's deserving to be on that list, um, and we'll see if anybody on defense makes that list. You know, so uh, you know we'll see we'll see how it goes. But yeah, it's definitely kind of. Kind of, uh, yeah, definitely a un- massive underselling, I think, of, um, you know, how how he performed based on, you know, when he went from 21, the dumpster fire with Urban Meyer, to, you know, thriving under, you know, Doug Peterson's offense. Yeah, and it's just the start of what many believe will be a very long uh, career and hopefully one that uh, uh, Shad and Nick Khan brings a lot of uh, – people to the seats in Jacksonville and uh, continues that franchise on a brings it back to some of the glory years of the late nineties with Tom Coughlin and then uh, et cetera, et cetera. There's been times on and off for the Jags, but Trevor Lawrence is the real deal. We'll see what happens uh, as this season goes on. I mean, three Miami Dolphins, Wilkins, Tonga, Viola, Armstead, Zadarius Smith, from Minnesota to Cleveland this year uh, was yeah so yes Tehran yeah Will yeah so ter- then Laramie Tunsil Justin Fields Chris Lindstrom a guard for Atlanta Aiden Hutchinson uh, Marshawn Lattimore DeAndre Hopkins Dalvin Cook as Josh mentioned in ninety first Marlon Humphrey Eric Kendricks who's now in San um, in L A Chargers Terry McLaurin Jamal Williams who went from Detroit to New Orleans, Trevor Lawrence, the aforementioned, Harrison Smith from Minnesota, Tristan Wirfs from Tampa Bay, Demarcus Lawrence, and Devontae Smith. Those are the ones that have been announced so far. Other news, Saquon Barkley signed a one-year deal for $11 million or so, uh, so he'll be a free agent next year. Justin Herbert uh, agreed to a five-year, $262.5 million extension with the chargers it sounds like they have extra incentives and pieces where you'd be staying for longer uh the news has come out that brock purdy has been cleared to um practice so for all everybody talking about the 49ers quarterback room and who's going to be the starter well a lot of that drama has theoretically been removed now because brock purdy is going to be practicing albeit not every day but he'll be involved at the start of training camp here. Um, but it doesn't mean there won't be a fight for the backup role, whether that's going to be Trey Lance or Sam Darnold. And there's definitely people in both camps uh, for who, you know, who would be that next guy. And with the Niners' great history with injuries, they might keep both of them, to be fair, and they probably would be smart if they did. Um, on the flip side, a guy who's definitely going to be on the top 100 list nick bosa is um is uh waiting on a new contract getting a contract extension one of the best defensive players period uh, one of the best pass rushers etc cetera, etc cetera, waiting on a new contract before he comes in um so is that's really that's really the news there mention the top 100 uh brought up yeah so then also jimmy graham signed back with new orleans so good for him uh 
Trayvon Diggs, five-year, $97 million extension, the cornerback for the Cowboys. So, um, yeah, so that's that's news. Um, Jonathan Taylor has been put on the physically unable to perform list, and uh, that's not good news uh, for people who have him, that's for sure. Uh, we have him on our, our dynasty team, Phil, myself, Phil, I'm Phil, um, myself and Vic. Um and then, yeah, there's an issue. Uh, Kadarius Tony had a knee injury, so they're doing a, I guess, a knee scope and clear up the cartilage, clean up cartilage on his knee. So that's one of the weapons for Kermit the Frog. Um, trying to go through that. Yeah, so that's that's where we're at um, with football. We'll definitely get into it more and more as we go on, as the weeks go on. Uh, prior to the season opening. All right, Formula One Belgian Grand Prix. We both are going to pick Fish Lips. I'm not allowed to call him that in the grid talk, but since I'm not allowed to say that in the the chats or all that, I'm going to call him, I'm going to double and triple down on it here because it's my show. It's our show. Um, So um, Fish Lips, uh, trying to go back. I had the first pick, so Josh, you can start. Uh, with the uh, uh, Belgian Grand Prix uh, picks, uh, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm I'm gonna go actually just repeat. So you can just co- copy and paste this from what we did last week. So fish lips, Checo, Lando. That's what I'm gonna go with for this week. Um, is I I actually think that could happen. Uh, I really actually am kind of uh, high on Lando Norris right now and and McLaren, but. Um, I am actually kind of curious now why you're not allowed to say fish lips anymore. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Well, they think it's it's uh, I, it was something about the they have the bylaws within whatever and posting, and I think it's because of it's in reference to um, person's appearance and not insulting a person's appearance, but. In the and I get that, and I mean when but when when you're talking about. A vapid, empty cocksucker um, who is a terrible winner, uh, and his team are the worst winners that exist in in motorsports. Um, I'm not going to stop calling him Fish Lips, and I'll call him. I won't reference his name. I'll call him the current world champion. I'll call him whatever, but I'm not going to say his name like that. I refuse. Um, generally, in terms of me, I picked. I uh, said Fish Lips, Lando Norris, I picked to finish second. And in third, um, I forget who I picked on Grid Talk off the top of my head. I think I said Lewis, but um, I, I'm going to go crazy here. I'm going to change it up. I'm going to say Ferrari actually gets out of their own way. And uh, Charles Leclerc uh, rounds out the podium kind of out there, but we'll see what happens with that. Um the Cup and Trucks will be at Richmond Xfinity at uh, Road America. Um, I want to save, I kind of, I think, well, we should, I guess we can do Trucks here. All right, so um, so Cup, uh, Trucks, I can't spell, at Richmond and Xfinity at uh, Road America. So we'll start with the Truck Series, uh, the season fin- regular season finale. Yes, in the end of July, 
is a regular season finale for the truck series with the amazing schedule that they have the worldwide express 250 at richmond no entry list because um you know for whatever reason it's uh oh, it's on it's on racing reference it is on racing reference okay because it is a nascar based site so they own the site so it makes sense um that's the entry list okay all right thanks for that so 38 for 36 um spots right now uh both reume trucks don't have a driver uh they don't even have a crew chief listed the 20 for uh, youngs is uh got no driver and the 22 with uh, kevin sawinski team uh doesn't have a driver uh, william sawalich will rogers and the zero two sawalich driving the one trying to go through some of these here Trey Hutchins making limited appearances. Uh, Boyd in the 12. Uh, Brian Vargas back in the 30 um, this weekend. Bailey Curry in the 41 for Nice. Jerry Bullman, whoever the hell he is, will be in the 46. Matt Mills in the 51. Um, that'll be a caution. Um, Tim Hill in the 56. Connor Jones in the 66. Justin Carroll in the 90. Those are the ones that are um, either limited starts or not usually around. In terms of do I think anybody is going to win out and get in from the current situation, the only person that I think that could do that, I mean, I mean the reality is Friesen's only nine points out. Uh, I look at who is out there that I think possibly could go and pull one out of his ass and get that victory. And to me, it's Jake Garcia. Uh, but that's that's what I feel could actually, if there's somebody that I think could actually go and win and get in, uh, do I think that really is going to happen, though? No. Um, I think we're going to have the status quo. Crafton um, ends up beating Friesen uh into the top 10 in points and makes yet another playoff appearance uh trucks truck series uh or sorry it's a fill and uh well in terms of a winner on uh friday night who am i choosing i'm going to pick uh this is for the regular season title of course um I mean, for Corey Himes, probably going to get that and get those bonus points. I'm going to go Grand Infinger. I'm going to go a little bit out, out the, off the path. He hasn't shown a lot, but he's uber consistent. This is around the time that he started switching it on last year. He's a known, noted short track racer. Um, driver that I would say is a wild card uh, person. Trying to see. Uh, you got... You, know, you got uh, you know, 21, uh, 20, yeah, so so I think in terms of a wild card, I'll just go with it. I said Jake Garcia, so I'll stay with it. So um, Jake Garcia is my wild card. So um, and I say here, yeah. So Grant and Finger to win. Grant and Finger to win trucks and uh, Jake Garcia. Wild card. How about you, Josh? Uh, for me, I mean, uh, it's hard not to go with um, the regulars. Um, you know, I'm I'm going to say that Corey Heim 
comes out and wins this race and takes home the regular season title. Uh, in terms of wild card, um, well, I want to go with. I'm going to go. Uh, let's see. Um, let's go with Taylor Gray here and see if. I mean, he did well last week at at Pocono, so let's let's see what he can do this weekend um, and everything. He's actually been somewhat decent on uh, short tracks. I mean, at Martinsville finished in eighth place so let's see if we can get a top 10 at the other virginia short track yeah we'll see what happens there he needs a win to get in he missed a few races to start the year before he turned 18 so he needs a win to get in and if he does get in i he's been looking kind of sporty here recently um if he can do that the henry 180 at road america they're going to have modified pit stops this weekend because they're on a standalone race. Uh, Blaine Perkins continues in the 0-2 as in the Weatherman pool. The 0-7 doesn't have anybody listed as of now. Uh, Alex LeBay in the 0-8. Um, AJ Allmendinger is going to be doing double duty this weekend. Uh, it's curious. Um, going from there and then flying back to Richmond. So I don't know how the logistics are with that um, because he has to practice and qualify the car at 12-something, and I don't know what time the Xfinity race starts. Uh, Connor Mozak will be in the 19. Sage Karam driving for Sam Hunt. And Stanton Barrett uh, running the 35 for Emily Gase. Joe Graff in the 38 for RSS. Uh, you got uh, Brad Brad Perez gonna be back in the 44 for Alpha Prime. Leland Honeyman uh, in the 45. Right now, nobody listed for either the 53 for Emily Gase or the 66 for um, Carl Long's team. Uh, Balicki, who's solid road racer, it's home game for him uh, in the 91, and Kyle Sieg in the 28. So I get first choice and i'll go and pick aj allmendinger uh because that's just uh why wouldn't why wouldn't i pick him uh aj allmendinger he's the to win xfinity because he's the all-time winner in the xfinity series on road courses and he just likes these cars and he's just really good there i mean he won in a car champ car back what is it 17 years ago uh He's really good at this racetrack. It's one of his best racetracks, period. Um, the wild card, that's a little a uh, little bit more of a tough uh, choice there. I'm trying to see here. You got um, 23, so 22, 23, because uh, they've missed a couple of races. Huh? So the top 12. Uh, my wild card for this weekend will be... Uh, Kaz Grala. Um, no, he's been a pretty uh, decent road racer. Um, Sam Hunt's bringing good vehicles to the racetrack to get that Joe Gibbs support. Um, wouldn't be surprising to see Kaz Grala uh, have a good run there at uh, Road America. What say you, Josh? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Sheldon Creed finally getting his first career win in the uh, Xfinity series arguably should have won at uh, Portland uh, then ended up you know 
kind of having some misfortune there. Um, he's, you know, he's had a pretty decent road racing record, I feel like. Uh, so, yeah, I feel like he can definitely uh, do um, a good job there and potentially win uh, there. Um, and, you know, I think wild card, um, let's see, I, well, there's a lot, a lot we can go here, but, you know, I will, I will go with, um, Sage Karam here in the Sam Hunt car. Um, you know, it, I think he was, you know, he was running good here last year, uh, before, you know, that deal with Noah Gregson. So, um, you know, he's definitely a guy that can probably run top 15, at least, um, potentially top 10, uh, here, uh, in road America. Yeah, he's a. I mean, this is probably one of his best opportunities to show something. A teammate to Kaz Grala this weekend. Um, they've had speed at times in that twenty-four car. Uh, they had speed. Uh, what was it a couple weeks ago in New Hampshire, and then uh, Grala got junked by Ryan C because of a brake failure. And I think they were using the car they're going to be using this weekend at Road America to um, finish out the race weekend there. The Cookout 400 at Richmond International Raceway, or Richmond Raceway now, um, another track that I've attended races at over the years. Um, Chastain, his usual sponsor, Jack Links with Menards on the two for Sindrick, Bass Pro Shops Club for Bald Spot. Dylan Ream will be on Kevin Harvick's car. Brad Keselowski builds Submarines. Corey LaJoy, uh, Fraternal Order of Eagles. Kyle Busch with X-World Wallet, whatever that is. Unifirst Uniforms for Chase Elliott. Uh, Mavis will be back on the 11 for Denny Hamlin. Body Armor uh, for Ryan Blaney. Rush Truck Centers for Chase Briscoe. Yale, you'll probably run that same whatever sponsor he's been on, had on that car for the last few weeks. Uh, nothing for Almendinger. Uh, Busher back with Fastenal. Mac Tools for Christopher Bell. Harrison Burton back with Dex Imaging. Uh, McDonald's car for Bubba. Uh, Liberty University for Byron. Uh, Leaf Filter for Justin Haley. Stagefront.vip for Michael McDowell. Speedy Cash for Todd Gilliland. Uh, the usual sponsors for Legacy, Xfinity 10G Network for Tyler Reddick, Kleenex for O. Richard, uh, No Neck will be back uh, running. He's running SRX on um, Thursday night, and uh, I forgot about the points, but whatever, I'll get back to it next week. Uh, he's running the Parts Plus Biohaven 51. Um, Dylan, yet again, will have gain, Ty Dylan of Gainbridge, and then the jockey car will be Daniel Suarez. Uh, Josh, you get the first choice there in terms of Richmond uh, and who you think will win and who is a wild card contender. Uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Young Money. I think he can sweep the season here. Kyle Larson at uh, Richmond Raceway, um, and you know he definitely is due for a win here. And, uh, after you know having not won in a actually quite a bit so uh interestingly enough you know he hasn't really been i mean kind of a short track guy if you think about dirt racing but um you know he performed pretty well at the spring so i think they can come back here in the end of the summer and um you know bring bring a win uh and kind of get their season back on track uh wild card um um i don't know it's it's tough but I I will go with, you know what I will go with uh, 
Chase Briscoe. Why not? We'll 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 take him. You took him last week, so uh, I'll I'll take him. Uh, that's that's a that's out there, but um, I mean, let's see. Twelfth at Richmond in the spring, so not bad. So you know, there's potential there. You know, if things go uh, his way, so they have been well. But I mean, hey, flat tracks. I mean, Phoenix is a flat track. They finished seventh there. Uh, Martinsville finished fifth. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> I hope they're right. They need a decent run. They've had one good run in the last like two and a half months, and that was New Hampshire, of course. Another, another flat, flat track. track. So um, the short track uh, program for Stuart Oss is good. It's just basically everywhere else where they suck. Um, with every car outside of Kevin Harvick, um, which is probably the saving grace for Josh Berry because he's going to the four car. He's not going to the other three pieces of shit um, that Stuart Haas puts out there on a weekly basis. Uh, for me, Truex was trying to win at one of his many home tracks. Uh, get that at Pocono. He wasn't able to. I'm going to say he goes and wins at uh, Richmond, though, uh, this weekend. Or did I pick him? I I didn't pick him, or I did pick him last week. Okay, you know what? I'll um I'll throw an audible and I will or I'll call an audible and I'll say Christopher Bell. Christopher Bell, I'll pick uh, to win uh, the Christopher Bell to win win cup. Uh, He's a good short track racer. He's he's solid, and they they've been on and off here. They're fourth in points overall. Uh, they're definitely giving up a lot of playoff points right now. So this is a time to start kind of uh, mining and and doing what they have to do to um emp- you prop up their playoff point situation. Uh, this is an opportunity race for that at Richmond. Uh, my wild card pick for this weekend i mean bowman has won there before i'm not sure about elliot um i'm gonna go with uh based on absolutely well it's just i'm i'm gonna go with suarez because he's gonna be motivated to um make up for last weekend getting uh finishing dead last tailback um in an incident not of his own doing and get himself back uh, into the uh, 16 that would make up the playoff grid in um, the Cup Series uh, this year. And, um, yeah, so that's that for the previews and picks. Uh, Josh, let us know about your go-karting exploits and what's going on in the world of uh, sim racing, uh, by racing and all. Yeah, of course, I mean... Yeah, I showed you what I was doing last Sunday at Bushnell Motorsports Park uh, down in uh, South Florida. Um, you know, down kind of kind of like an hour south of Ocala on I off of uh, I seventy five. So I drove out there, um, and it was raining on the way there. It was raining when I got there. Uh, got there about an hour early, and then kind of chilled uh, out in starbucks for a bit and watched a bit of the race there uh on you know on on my laptop and then went in there and it was still the rain had let up mostly but it was still pretty damp and everything and i talked to the event uh guy paul paul lopez of track sports uh talked to him uh 
you know, if we were still good and, you know, said, hey, we're still good and said, hey, you came all the way out here, you know, from Melbourne and everything to come out and do this. So, you know, it was um, being able to uh, do that and it was a bit wet. So um, started out on the 15 horsepower go-karts um, and that was that was uh, pretty tough because at first, like, trying to figure out how to get started, uh, have to figure out how to, you know, get the ignition going, uh, stalled out. I spun out and stalled out once uh, my first lap out there and had to be pushed back to the pits. Um, and then I had to figure out you know, how to start it up again and quickly learn, you know, how to, um, you know, uh, start up the, um, you know, if, if I stalled out, you know, all you do is just hold the starter and, you know, give it some gas and it'll go and everything. And then, um, you know, try to, try to just go in the rain, um, you know, trying to, uh, find a good line, uh, in the wet spun out a couple of times. Um, you know, it was definitely treacherous out there, uh, trying to lay the power down coming out of the corner, you know, you, you know, try to start laying the power and then, um, you know, you start to feel the car lose track or the cart lose traction counter steer to, um, you know, to the right or to the left, you know, depending on which corner you're coming out of. But, um, yeah, it was definitely treacherous. And then, at Bushnell, there's a um, a bridge on part of the course, and you go up there, and definitely, definitely kind of kind of sketchy going up there in the wet. So uh, definitely, uh, uh, had had to be careful there, especially going downhill, uh, where you could lose traction and everything. So yeah, definitely uh, interesting being able to do that. Um, and then afterwards, uh, the um, 15 horsepower carts. Um, I, after I did one session. Um, decided to try out the 25s uh and that was uh that was definitely an experience there um it was tough tough trying to get that one around there uh spun out i mean i thought i had it it was like oh this is way more powerful i think i can handle this and everything but honestly like i probably wasn't really ready for it to be honest still probably should have tried to gain more confidence in, in the uh the 15 horsepower ones but you know i tried to go uh to the, the bigger motor one and definitely uh learned learned a lot and um tried tried to send it into you know one of the corners coming out of a banked corner so bushnell there's a bank corner there where you can really if, if you can hold it you know you can really make up a, a lot of time through there on the bank corner but i had to let out of the gas a little bit and then try to try to get a little bit more into the next hairpin and uh spun out and went right right into the mud so um uh, got got paul's cart there dirty a little bit so and i got myself dirty a little bit so um <laughs> that was that was kind of interesting there and i was you know wet for a little bit but um yeah then and then later on you know um in the 25s um you know he told me i need to need to try to slow down a little bit more and to calm down a little bit uh, i think you could tell by my inputs that i was definitely probably a little bit anxious in the 25 uh horsepower ones so um you know trying to trying to lay the power down it's really hard to get into the power band on the straights uh there i feel like maybe the i mean i think if you're skilled enough you know you'll be okay but you know for uh you know trying to just learn and everything we're really you, know, you don't want to like go wide open until you're straight um you know you don't really get into the power band uh by the time you're into the braking zone for the next corner and everything and then um of course uh, i had issues with uh, locking up the brakes, you know, those carts, the brakes are super sensitive. And, you know, I think I was 
probably applying too much brakes there. So trying to go in hot and then put in a lot of brake and then spin out and everything. So got to got to work on that and everything. So still, still need some progress there. Um, and then, you know, as the night, the night went on, um, actually went back into the 15 to try to, you know, get some more consistency there instead of, you know, going around, uh, the track half, you know, half throttling it, puts it around the 25s and back to the 15 to try to, you know, get, get back some confidence and everything, which was, I, I was fine with, you know, I felt like I'd try to be more, you know, it's all about trying to get comfortable and everything. So went into the fifth, back into the 15 and, and, um, you know, they had, they also went and tried a different layout there. Um, uh, instead of going around the full course, there's, um, you know, kind of cut, uh, you, you, the race, the race there, the track there, you, you can do different, um, layouts and you know we just changed up the layout moved some cones around and everything and then went out in the 15s and um you know went out for the rest of the night and tried to get comfortable in there so you know was able in the 15s was you know kind of able to hold it wide open through the bank corner uh into into the hairpin uh there so um definitely yeah definitely felt better in the 15s but um still got a lot of progress i feel like i need to make up uh the last the last session we went back to the full course layout um and i feel like probably could have gained more on honestly i think i think because maybe the fact that it was wet at the beginning on the full course and then not really having a lot of time on the full course and then also it, it was the full course layout that i've ran before this track and the rental carts there but this um uh, was actually the reverse layout, so it was a little bit different. Um, so still trying to get a hang of the reverse layout and everything. So I probably probably needed maybe a couple more sessions on the reverse layout and in the drier conditions to really understand, um, you know, how how the layout is, and then also um, get a you know better feel for the cart and everything. Still still had a little bit of issues with spinning out and everything. So still got to work on that, but. Um, I felt like I spun out less as the night went on. So starting to get more comfortable now it's all about trying to put it all together. Um, so, you know, I definitely, definitely got a lot of work on in the pro style carts. Um, you know, the rental carts, which I've you know obviously been doing, um, periodically this year, definitely feel all right in those, uh, yeah, well, pretty good actually. I mean, I feel obviously was pretty good enough on July 1st to, uh, for, you know, this guy to was watching and, you know, Paul gave me an invite to, um, you know, go to his, uh, event on Sunday. So obviously it was good enough there and the rentals and everything. And, and I'm definitely comfortable in that. So, you know, those were only nine horsepower and these, um, 15 and 25 is, you know, definitely different animal and definitely, you know, ones that, you know, you'd actually go out and, and race and competition. So, um, you know, that's definitely a big difference there. Um, never, never done anything like this before. This is, you know, first time and everything. Um, so, um, you know, glad, glad to be able to do it, you know, thanks to track sports and glad to meet all the, um, guys there that were racing and, um, you know, meet some of the guys that, you know, they own their own carts and, uh, definitely got to talk a little bit with some of the guys, you know, I think, I think one of the guys there that was, uh, at the session, um, I think he, um, well, he's at Sebring, he said, and I think he said he actually did uh, I guess like he was in the pits with, um, the BMW team with Ray Hall there. So that was actually, uh, pretty interesting to hear that. And, um, you know, hear, um, uh, you know, what they're talking about working in the pits with, um, you know, those prototypes and everything. So, you know, that's pretty cool. Um, 
and you know also just the you know experience everything um you know treating it more like a real race environment rather than just a you know you pay 100 bucks and go out and race uh, on um I mean they're they're fairly high performance rental cars but you know definitely a step below the um race condition carts pro level carts that I was racing in on Sunday or I mean we weren't really racing I mean it was still pretty treacherous so I mean but definitely a um race like environment there so yeah definitely a a fun time um you know hopefully I'll be able to do it soon um obviously we'll find out more information later on next month or you know following month on when the next events are uh, in the meantime uh probably probably do more sim work on the karting side i know there's a couple of i mean there's no kart in iRacing but i mean there are other other games that do karting that uh i've done before so i might have to start doing more of that to try to um get used to uh or get more consistent with the steering and braking inputs uh and everything so uh we'll see how that goes and i think um at orlando kart center they do they do do a pro level kart rental um there that is similar to the 15 horsepower ones i believe uh but it's it's like 100 bucks for 20 minutes but you know if i got to do it i'll go and do it so we'll see we'll see how that goes but um yeah definitely looking forward to that opportunity again definitely yeah, it was a, a whole lot of fun and you know glad honestly glad i'm able to do it you know kind of culmination of everything you know that i've done racing wise i guess in my life and you know all that stuff and you know especially this year you know, had a few work friends that talked about doing go-karting you know uh throughout this year and you know, we were able to do that and then you know ultimately um the last time we went led led to this so you know glad for all of that and being able to um you know experience uh you know motorsports and everything you know we talk about motorsports we talk about you know the sim racing deal but you know being able to um get a taste um you know however small that is or however big that is uh of the real thing definitely something that you know is definitely very uh enjoyable and definitely you know very fun so you know definitely glad to be able to do that and everything so um yeah definitely looking forward to being able to do that again um and everything so uh sim racing wise yeah i mean not a i mean not a whole lot there i mean obviously i i did do um pocono once on on the cup side and then uh on the xfinity side uh the xfinity side um was in the top 10 on the final restart and then got loose uh off of turn one and went right into the wall uh so wrecked myself out there uh on the final restart in xfinity and then cup got taken out uh, on the final restart somebody drifted up uh, and hooked me in the left rear, and then um, I hooked somebody else in the right rear, and then we both uh, spun out out of the race, so wrecked out. So, um, yeah, I didn't really go too well there on on Pocono, but, you know, Pocono is definitely still one of favorite tracks in sim racing. Uh, this week, This week, I mean, obviously, Cup is at Richmond. Uh, however, you got the 87s at Homestead, Miami, um, the ARC cars at... Uh, auto club speedway uh so that's always fun um the gen 4 cup cars at north wilkesboro so that should be really interesting and then got indycar delara indycar at talladega the toyota gr86 uh, at long beach uh, street circuit um and then road road racing wise you got the uh, formula ford at rud rudskogan motor center and then you've got the um um the mx5 the global yeah Mazda MX-5s at Okiyama circuit so 
um, yeah, it should be interesting. Yeah, this week iRacing, and then uh, one thing, one other thing that I saw is there's this uh, new hot lap competition, I guess, on their uh, racing prodigy that I uh, saw. So I signed up for that, and it's a you know, Formula Ford uh, hot lap competition this week at uh, through August sixth at Okayama Circuit. So um, go on there, and I think it's basically like you know who can perform the fastest lap on there and then it kind of narrows it down to a competition in the following weeks and then uh, eventually actually leads to opportunity to test out a real race car in atlanta um i i think at road atlanta or atlanta international raceway or something like that that's i think that's where it is i have to look at that again but uh, another opportunity to go real racing um and everything uh don't know don't know if uh to actually make it up into that you have to be, obviously be really good but um you know, definitely worth worth a try just to put you know put your name in the hat and at least give it a shot. So that's that's what I'll try to focus on this week uh, and everything. So um, yeah, that's that's it for sim racing this week. Um, well, you know, always as always, you know, if I stream, which maybe I might stream later on the week, um, Twitch TV slash Sailor Two, uh, go on there, follow the streams, um, and you know, follow my sim racing and see you know how I approach racing. Um, from, you know, from a, uh, driving tactics, I guess, standpoint and everything. And then of course, uh, Twitter, Twitter's, uh, at JP Huffine, go out there and see all my stuff and, you know, see what I'm interested in. Probably post the pictures on there as well from go-karting, post that on my Facebook, but, uh, probably post the karting pics on Twitter as well. Um, definitely retweeting the sentiment from the Jacksonville Jaguars of, you know, Lawrence being disrespected by the rest of the league. So, yeah, definitely feel that sentiment there, of course. So, yeah, definitely see all the stuff that I have and opinions shared uh, or um, agreed with and otherwise. So go on there and follow. Um, then, of course, uh, our YouTube channel at uh, Group Share Podcasts on YouTube. Go on there and see our latest episodes and see, um, you know, all, all the clips that we have on there and you know, everything that we've done from you know, last spring of 2022 up until now. So go on there and see our videos and, you know, all our episodes on there and listen, uh, you know, or watch if you so desire to. So yeah, go on there and, you know, follow us and subscribe and like our channel. So, uh, yeah, as always, you know, glad to be able to share, you know, share about motorsports and everything, you know, glad to be able to, um, you know, talk about it and, you know, be able to, uh, discuss all the things, you know, that happened and everything. So yeah, um, we had a lot to talk about tonight, so yeah, very glad to be able to talk about it. Yeah, and I, it's always great to do it. It's We've done it for nearly, what is it, 180 episodes, so um, glad to, that we've been able to do this and do it together uh, and keep on going with it. We're going to keep on doing this for a while, a long while, because um, it's a passion project uh, for both of us. Uh, you'll go and see josh's work i mean he does back handles the back in here during the show but he also handles the uh, gripture podcast youtube page posting our video feeds uh there uh you can find our um show and basically anywhere you listen to podcasts you can get the gripture podcast uh you can uh philipgmatthew.com is a good way to go that's my blog site get some hits on there you can see the episodes when they're uploaded. Uh, you can find me at PGMatthew28 on X, Twitter, whatever the fuck it's supposed to be called. Uh, it's not really a 
great platform anymore, but um, I'm PG Matthew 28. We're at Grip Strip Pod on here as well. Uh, I'm uh, Philip G Matthew 28 on Instagram. And uh, yeah, uh, that's about it. We'll be back next week for episode 180 of the Grip Strip Podcast to cover uh, what is it, Richmond, uh, Road America, Formula One at Belgium before their uh, last race before their summer break, and then uh, Indy cars at Nashville, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Whatever else is going on in the world of motorsports, we'll talk about it here on the GSP. So uh, for Josh, I'm Phil. Take care, and we'll talk to you next time on the Grip Strip Podcast.